time enough at last. Submitted for your consideration to sci-fi fans, Sean Majors and Keith Conrad. Rewatch The Twilight Zone from beginning to end. It's like something out of that Twilighty show about that zone. Martin Sloan, age 36. Occupation, vice president, ad agency. In charge of media. This is not just a Sunday drive for Martin Sloan. He perhaps doesn't know it at the time, but it's an exodus. Somewhere up the road, he's looking for sanity. And somewhere up the road, he'll find something else. Episode 5 of The Twilight Zone was was walking distant, and... Sean, I think that could basically be described as the "you can never go home again" episode. Yeah, yeah, it's the it's the real Horatio Alger of the Twilight Zone early on. And uh, Gig Young is is basically the the star of this. And uh, interesting side note: I won't spoil it for anybody, but uh, uh, Mike Rowe on his podcast, uh, the way I heard it, he just told a story that involved Gig Young. Like literally, as I happened to be watching this, I I listened to the episode the same day, so it's a little eerie and Twilight Zone-ish. Really, is the uh, we'll 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 get to it. I'm sure. I, I I don't know if it's the the super dark story about him or, or not, but I'm sure uh, we'll get to it. It does involve him being very drunk, so it probably is the super dark. Yes, story. yes, uh, we're on the same page. My <laughs> my my favorite uh, first. My favorite thing when uh, this I, I watched this on Netflix. And um, it is rated TV 14 for, quote, fear and smoking. Fear and smoking. I like that. That's, <laughs> that, that's pretty amazing that they would, uh, that they would do that. Um, so, so one thing that I wanted to point out uh, almost immediately was that uh, we're, we're playing the Sterling name game again. Yeah. It's, uh, the town that he's, uh, he's visiting is Homewood. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote that down, too. I was like, all right, man, come on. <laughs> A little on the nose, don't you think? It's, it's like, you know, in the same way that, that George Lucas uh, should probably have somebody else write dialogue for him. Serling yeah. <laughs> uh, should, should, like, outsource writing names for, for people and things. But, but you know, hey, it, it's a. Uh, I, I think we we touched on this, uh, you know, in in previous episodes. He's got twenty two minutes to tell like a three act play. Yeah, exactly. So if he's if he's spending a whole lot of time on the uh, on the, uh, the 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 nomenclature for everything, that, that's less time that he's spending on. on that. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And uh, um, you know, I I think the the interesting thing is in the Twilight Zone. Serling tends to like to have good guys, you know, get their reward and bad guys get their comeuppance. Yeah, sure. And when when we meet um uh uh Martin, Martin Sloan, uh he he's just kind of a dick. I mean, he, <laughs> he, he pulls up to a gas station and just like immediately he's he's just just banging on his horn. When the guy is literally standing right there. I wonder if this is like the beginning of in Hollywood, just the um, stereotypical ad man just being an asshole. It, it could very well be. And, um, you know, actually, he I, I believe that uh, it was either Sterling or his brother. It said that it was it was actually kind of meant to be him. Uh, oh really? In a way, um, and so I wonder if that was him trying to, you know, like knock himself down a peg. 
That's very interesting. Yeah. And like, it's, I, I was kind of wondering, like, you know, he gets there and he just kind of assumes upon everything, you know, like if I went back to, I mean, I, I live in the, in the city that I grew up in, but if I went home and went to, you know, a, a, a you know, a childhood neighborhood that I hadn't been in 30 years, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to get involved as easily as and quickly as Martin Sloan does. Like when the kid um, climbs the tree, uh-huh. he, he's just like, come on, man. Yeah. Kid, get down. Come on. Let his kid, let his mom get in there. You think he's going to listen yeah. to some random dude more than his mom? That, that's that struck me, too. And, you know, like, <laughs> to your point, if I haven't seen somebody in more than five minutes, I'm like, hey, I, I'm Keith. Remember me? <laughs> we, we, we've, we've met before. And this guy's just like, oh, yeah, this is my hometown. I know everybody. It's just like, I don't know. Between uh, talking to the kid stuck in the tree and then talking to, spoiler alert, himself on the uh, on the carousel later on the episode, I know there weren't too many people worried about a white man in a suit abducting little kids in the late fifties, but geez, that's a creepy thing to imagine what, what that town went through. It, it really is. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess they weren't teaching kids about state stranger danger. Exactly. Uh, got, you know, little kids just, just walking up, talk to them, just, just having, uh, having nice, pleasant conversations with him. But before we even, even, uh, you know, he even gets to the rest of the town. People, um, you know, he uh, he walks into the into the the drugstore. I guess it is where the the soda fountain is. Yeah. And the thing that just jumped out at me is the soda jerk clearly isn't paying <laughs> one bit of attention to anything that he's saying. No. He's saying that he hasn't been there for twenty years, but he's talking about the owner that that's dead. But the soda jerk knows that the owner is is like up in the room sleeping. <laughs> clearly not paying any attention at all yeah yeah yeah. so these uh sodas what do you want what do you want in them jack come on (laughs) that's literally what what he's doing so that that uh that struck me as 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 funny too this guy is over his job yeah and and the funny thing is like he's he's supposed to be going back to this you know idyllic time and and uh yeah the the soda jerk just doesn't care (laughs) i i do bartenders might listen to your problem this guy he's not <laughs> i do like how um you know and and how he finds out that he's he's back in his uh you know in in his regular time at the end of the episode that like i i forget the actual prices it goes from what like three three cents to ten cents or something like that uh i think yeah it's something like that it, it's it's actually like it, it, it's funny because of the the time disconnect between like now and and the fifties because it's actually like an exponential leap. But I hear it and I'm like, oh, it's still only a quarter. That's that's awesome. <laughs> Give me two. Yeah, I, uh, that 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 did uh, jump out at me as well. And um, uh, another thing that uh, what it, it's it's a, a once you see it moment. Is uh, this was the first uh, acting role of of one Ron Howard? Yeah, I I did not I actually did not recognize him until I went to like the Wikipedia because I like to look at um, particularly for the purposes of the show like I, I like to go to the Wikipedia page and then see if there's anybody that like I uh, immediate that that I you know fail to recognize and Ron Howard's probably the biggest star certainly in the first five episodes. 
I would think so until you until we get to a few episodes later when Burgess Meredith shows up. Yes, absolutely. He, probably the biggest biggest guy who was who was on at all. Well, until uh, until people started uh, until Serling started actually showing up in the show, and then he became the biggest. Yeah. Uh, uh, one thing that I learned, and I don't know if this is uh, if this you're going to view this as a positive or a negative. Is that J.J. Uh, Abrams uh, says this is his favorite episode of the Twilight Zone? Yeah, it's very interesting. Like I, um, again, like I, you know, I, I've I've chosen my my words poorly, calling the lighthearted, sentimental episodes "quote unquote" goofy, and mm-hmm. I, I have walked that back. Um, but like I. Walking distance, I'm always actually very surprised when this is listed in like the top 10 or the top five, because it's not like super scary and like it doesn't have a big twist. Um, but I, I, I watching it again, I remember the last time I did this rewatch, it was about five years ago. And I remember that was probably the first time that I really appreciated this episode. Um, because, you know, you said <clears throat> that this is a you know, you can't go home again kind of message. But, and and that's very true. And I, I, I agree with that, but I also kind of like how it comes into conflict with the actual title of it, that home is literally within walking distance. And, you know, once you get there, then I guess you realize that, no, you can't go home again. Um, and just the, the interactions uh, between Martin Sloan and his parents, now that they're, you know, roughly the same age, Mm-hmm. Um, I just, uh, <laughs> I did think it was funny when they, when they said Martin Sloan was 36 because he does not look 36 in that episode. Yeah, he, he looks that, about 50. That jumped, that jumped out at me too. And then I, I actually had to look and uh, gig young was like 46 when, when, when <laughs> so I'm, not, I'm not sure why they didn't just make him 46. They, they, they had, it's like they were, it, it's like they were literally trying to think, I want Keith Conrad to feel old. <laughs> <laughs> watching this and here's these 36 years old. It's the same way. I think like I had, I had just turned 37 when I watched this the last time. So <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. Um, well, well, that was, yeah. Did weren't we talking about that with uh, um, the uh, Ida Lupino episode? Where she yes. Was, they're, they're acting like she's ancient, but she's only 41 in the episode and in real life. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> acting like she's dying. <laughs> All you need to do is just throw a scarf around your around your head, and you look about thirty years older, I guess. Uh, apparently, so um, <laughs> it, it, it does two things. I mean, you can look a little older, and you can escape the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> I um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed like that interaction between him and his parents because it's. It, I don't know about you, but I've kind of always like. Um, you know, when you get to be our age in our mid to late thirties and, you know, if, if, if your parents are still around, of course you have like more adult interactions with them, but mm-hmm. I'm the, the concept of interacting with your parents when they're roughly the same age as you are is very fascinating to me. And I don't know why, but I, I just kind of like, <clears throat> you know, when he's at the door and his parents are like, go on, get out of here. Um, I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed that, uh, the interaction. Yeah, that was good, and uh, um, you know, not only that interaction, but what I really like is is you know because because obviously his dad's very angry, you know, who is this guy? Yeah, Why are you bothering my my son. But then later on, he he, you know, he does realize who he is, and I, I just think that you know because because he is 
to to your point, he is at that point basically treating his son as an equal. Yeah, and, you know they're they're the same age. I, although much like uh, Gig Young, I think he was probably meant to be older than thirty six. Yeah, because <laughs> he had a he had a lot of uh, makeup on to to make him look older. So I assume he was older than thirty six. But but still, they have a they have a really nice interaction. You know, he's he's talking. Uh, uh, you know, Marty is talking about how uh, how fast life is, and he just wanted to kind of go back. And his dad says, "You know, no matter where you are, there's there's still still band concerts and things, and you yeah. can still have the time." And uh, by the way, now you have to limp for the rest of your life. See, that's the thing, and I think that uh, because of that, uh, this episode is clearly a prequel to the 2012 Ryan Johnson movie Looper. <laughs> so uh, that's that's what I was wondering. Is this like so? This is like uh, is this a, a Terminator Two slash slash Looper kind of like uh, time uh, time uh, travel story, or is it Back to the Future, or is it you know like did Marty Sloan break his leg because adult Marty? went back in time if he did if he never goes back in time does he never have the limp well i did actually go back because i had exact you know it's something that i hadn't really thought <laughs> of in previous viewings but then when, when i'm watching that i'm like wait a minute and then i i checked the continuity so yeah I, so i go back to the beginning and look and no he's not limping at the beginning so this is the first loop yeah which is which is really funny because not only was the soda jerk acting like nothing was going on, he's acting like there's nothing going on because on the walk to the place, he clearly didn't have a limp, and now he does, and now he's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I fell off the, off the carousel. Can I tell you how much I enjoy the term soda jerk? Isn't it great? Yeah. Uh, oh, see, that, that's, that's really the... The, the tragic thing about modern life is we is we don't have soda jerks anymore. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, and it's not a, it's not an insult. It's not a derogatory term. No, no, it's not. Although it, it could be. By the way, the um, uh, it's worth pointing out that the carousel in the uh, in the episode, since it plays such a big role, uh, was actually based on a, a, a carousel in, in Binghamton, New York, which is where uh, Rod Serling is from. And oh wow! The, the carousel is still there. And they renovated it in uh, in 2011, and it it actually has like a lot of Twilight Zone uh, uh, thing things in it. That's awesome. Yeah, I um, back in a former life when I I, I worked in uh, Congress, we uh, um, my boss represented a district in upstate New York that was basically like a little bit east of Binghamton. So I know that area very well. That's uh, that's really cool. I, I kind of want to make a pilgrimage to there. Uh, you know, I bet a lot of people do. (laughs) I really want to do the, um, I've never been to Disney world or any of the, you know, those type of theme parks, but I, I also like fell down a wiki hole, uh, this morning and I, I really want to see, like, I really want to experience the, the twilight zone tower of terror. Have you ever done that? I, I, I have done it and, uh, it's definitely worth the price of admission. That's awesome. Um, I, uh, and that, Interestingly enough, they they actually uh, they they took the one in California and, and turned it into a, like a, a Guardians of the Galaxy thing. So it's not even there anymore. You have to go to the one in Florida. Whew, thank God, that's the closer one to me. So, well, th- there you go. So it doesn't <laughs> really matter for you. Uh, and by the way, um, you know, in the pilot episode, uh, you know, I had mentioned that the 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 set, the the town square set that he's running around in 
is the town square set from Back to the Future. Yeah. And um, for for this episode, actually, they're using the sets from Meet Me in St. Louis. Oh, wow. Because uh, it was filmed at around the same time. The sets were there. And you know, like we, we had talked uh, previously about uh, you know how I thought there were so many Westerns because there were just Westerns <laughs> around. So yeah. they, they took the story ID had said, okay, it's a Western now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so I, th- I think this was this was the same thing where, oh, I I need to uh, I, I, I see they just filmed Meet Me in St. Louis on the MGM lot. So I need a story about small town America. <laughs> yeah, we um, watching uh, an episode that we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, you, all of these, you know, uh, uh, isolated planets that just have nothing around. It's like you guys just went to the desert, <laughs> like just to, <laughs> just because it was there. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm not, uh, I, I'm not sure if, yeah, because because you know, like we had uh, again talked previously about how uh, they they didn't they didn't quite know how space worked. Uh, it seems like it's 1959 they they should have had a better idea but clearly based on the way some of these episodes have gone they didn't know how space worked all i have to do to leave the atmosphere of uh, of this planet every planet has the same amount of oxygen just uh varying levels of uh of foliage so i know that um you know so i uh grew up uh, originally in the chicago area and then moved to alabama and uh, you've been pretty much in Alabama most of your life, other than other than DC, right? Yeah, yeah, if, uh, yeah. I was uh, born in New Jersey, moved down to Alabama when I was three, and then uh, yeah, basically twenty five years in Alabama. Uh, nice. So I have uh, I've been known to so when when I first moved back to Chicago because I I always wanted to come back up here anyway because yeah know, I always liked it and. Um, when I first moved here, I actually got an apartment that was about probably about four or five miles from where uh, where I grew up when I was when I was here. Yeah, and so I just you know like all the time. Oh, you know I'm bored. I got a couple minutes on a Saturday. I'm gonna take a drive over there and see how things are going. So sure. I actually would do that all the time. Although uh, I never magically traveled back in time. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the funny thing is, like, I could make my own uh, low-budget uh, um, version of this episode uh, because there was a pool by our house that uh, uh, basically everybody who lived in the neighborhood stayed there. And so suddenly, after about 20 years, nobody had any kids because everybody had stayed there. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so the pool shut down because there was nobody using it anymore because there were no kids anymore. <laughs> uh, but but the, the building from the pool is still there. So I could, I could like make my own low budget thing where I go and see this building uh, where the pool was. And then I walk out and, oh, hey, look, the pool's back and it's the 80s. I'm on board with this. Let's start a Kickstarter. Um, let's, uh, let's really uh, let's get this, this plan into motion. I, I think that could happen. Uh, and, and, you know, um, uh, Jordan Peele is, is making new Twilight Zone episodes now. So and he, he hasn't been remaking them. He's been making new like versions of, of similar stories. I think I think we could be onto something here. I think so, too. Yeah, we got the got the shooting location. We could do it on, on like, uh, you know, fifty dollar budget. We're, we're good to go. Let's get Jordan on the horn. You have his number, right? Oh, a- absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, next week we're going to uh, we're going to delve into uh, the escape clause, and that's uh, the first appearance by the devil, who ends up being kind of a frequent guest star. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Martin Sloan, age thirty six, vice president in charge of media, successful in most things, but not in the one effort that all men try at some time in their lives, trying to go home again. And also, like all men, perhaps there'll be an occasion. Maybe a summer night sometime. When he'll look up from what he's doing and listen to the distant music of a calliope. And hear the voices and the laughter of the people and the places of his past. And perhaps across his mind there'll flit a little errant wish that a man might not have to become old. Never outgrow the parks and the merry-go-rounds of his youth. And he'll smile then too because he'll know it is just an errant wish. Some wisp of memory not too important really. Some laughing ghosts that cross a man's mind that are a part of the Twilight Zone. Gabatron?